Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week's guest is Samantha Leshnak Murphy, who currently is PTO EF's goalkeeper in the Damalsvenskan. Murphy is American and had been representing North Carolina Courage in the NWSL before she decided to try her luck abroad, where her first adventure outside the US took place in Iceland. Murphy played top-flight league football for Icelandic side Keflavik for one season before she was picked up by Piteå and went to Sweden. In this episode, she talks about what made her take the big step and leave the US and what differs football that is played in her home country from the football in Iceland and Sweden. You are listening to their pitch and this is the Samantha Leshnak Murphy episode. Welcome to the podcast, Samantha. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Amanda. Well, thank you for being on. We're super excited. And I did say Samantha because... Do you go by Sam? Yes. Um, I I like I like going by my full name, but my teammates, my friends call me Sam. All right, we'll go by Sam. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go by Sam. And I also did on purpose um, not pronounce the L in your last name. Murphy, I can pronounce, but the L I'm not too certain about. So I'm going to have you pronounce your, your full name and then I'll just repeat it maybe. <laughs> Uh, Samantha Leshnak. Leshnak Murphy. Murphy. There we go. Mm-hmm. Nice. It wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. No, not at all. No. Uh, we do have a quote from somebody who knows you very well. I'm going to read it for you, and then you can guess who it is. Sam is the definition of last man standing on the wall. There are no words to describe her on the pitch other than hardcore. She is so fierce and powerful that I had a love and hate relationship. Being her screener in corners, but I mostly love it. She's the queen in the box and owns it. Sam is the kind of person who will hype you up on and off the field. The box is not the only thing she will own, but she will own you in karaoke. And I don't think many people know that woman can't sing. She can't sing. (laughs) Uh, And she will give you a performance if she wants to. She's a fantastic character and every team is lucky to have her. I'm very proud of her and looking forward to her visit to Iceland. What do you think that is? Oh, wow. Is it Caroline? Van Slamberg? Or is it... Um, no. Is it Christian? No. Do I have a hint? It's a very hard no- uh, name to pronounce. Okay. Um, is it um, Sigros? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. It is. It is. Oh, oh my gosh. What an incredible thing to say about me. Wow. She is equally amazing. Totally. You guys were teammates, right? 
Yes. Uh, unfortunately, only for one year. But I mean, the year that I last year, I was playing for Keflavik with with her. She was my left back. And she just came back from having a baby. And we all know like that's a really tough thing. And a lot of people don't come back just because your body changes. And she's phenomenal, phenomenal athlete, incredible person. Um, there was never a language barrier and, you know, English is not her first language. Incredible. Um, I took some pictures of her baby because I was like, I need my baby to look like her baby. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) But yeah, I would hype her up any chance I could because if they make the tackle, that means one less shot on goal for me. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Wow. That's correct. How come you you left the North Carolina Courage for Keflavik? Uh, I was actually I was actually cut like a few days before preseason. So my mindset was just you know I'm playing for the North Carolina Courage, learning their way how to play and their style and kind of earning my keep, which is kind of what I did in college, and then I earned the starting position. But um, that's just not kind of how it works. I mean, I'm sure you guys know Mia. I mean, if you like, um, so they caught me and they were like, go play. And so I was just fishing for a team and thank goodness, Kevovic, um, you know, we talked and I signed basically within four days, just felt right. And, um, I just was looking for an opportunity and I was found, I was given way better. This Kevovic is, there's so many great people there. It's a really small town, like 20,000 people, but it's right on the water, beautiful sunsets, you know, all the time. And, uh, my team was so great. It was like a team that you fall back in love with the sport with. It was all about soccer. Um, and we were a gritty team just trying to stay in the first division. So it was fun. Yeah. Did they, did they explain to you why they cut you from the team? Um, just the facts were, Early January, which we started preseason in February. So early January, I was given a call. Well, you know, I'll back up because the draft was before that. And then in the draft, I was protected. So, you know, nobody can trade you. And, you know, you can't be fair game for somebody else. And I was a reserve on the team. I had played two games in three seasons. And so I was protected. So I thought I was going to be, you know, maybe an option for the next coming season that that they thought well of me. And so I just proceeded in my off season. And then I got a call a few weeks later saying, Hey, we just picked up another goalkeeper. And I think that made four of us. And one girl was obviously like from the draft kind of protected there. Another was brought on because of a trade and then we had our starting goalkeeper and then we had me. So it put me in a different situation where it was like I was kind of um, maybe not a favorite option because of what I just told you. And so they said, you know, maybe be looking around. And then, you know, a few weeks later, a few days before preseason, they said, hey, we're going to waive you. We're going to let you go. And it was a huge blushing, blessing in disguise. At first, it was kind of crazy because I was really scrambling to find something. But found something. Oh, I because because I must ask like when when you're protected in the draft like that, it's kind of it's kind of like they're saying, hey, nobody can have you. 
yeah. we're not going to have you either. I feel like even if they might have made the decision later, how, how did that make you feel as a player? Well, I mean, you can imagine. I mean, I just told you the facts about how it proceeded to happen. And yeah, up and down because I was super expectant with my own attitude and mentality about awesome. I'm earning my way up. I know how the team plays. I'm getting better every year. And I did. I did get a lot better every year. Um, but then when they cut me, I was like, oh, shoot. Because I think, you know, you're met with a moment that's, well, because I'd been married two years at that point. Two years living in North Carolina. My husband worked in North Carolina. And, you know, he was making good money. And so um, my decisions weren't based off of money. Thank goodness. Um, it was more so based off of what I wanted out of my career and where I wanted to go goals that I had. And I really didn't want to play overseas just because I wanted, you know, obviously I wanted to be in the States. I wanted to be close to family. And, um, it was a, it was a huge leap because I was like, you know what, whatever it takes, I want to play at the highest level. I want to keep getting better. And, um, yeah. And my husband was like, let's freaking go. And it honestly led to me going to Iceland and he came to visit a few times. So we were separated our third year of marriage, which was an interesting challenge. Um, probably for another day, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but a great gamble because I'm really, really pleased with, you know, my career as it's, you know, past that past two years. How did you like experience the NWSL? Is that, is that a league that you would like to play in again? I would love to go back to the United States. I'm going to be honest. I'm not too excited about all the um, political things that come and go. Um, I'm not a politician. I don't pretend to be. <laughs> um, I vote and I love my country in the United States, but um, I just loved it in Keflavik and even now in, in Sweden, you know, soccer, soccer, you know, and everybody's different, which is so funny, you know, because the United States, everyone's different. Everyone comes from a really, you know, different background anyway. And then, you know, and then when you try to have a group think about something, people should have different opinions. And I think it's really not a good thing when you have a team of all different individuals um, getting in a fight. <laughs> Because then, you know, you're not unified on the field. And that's the whole purpose of having a team. Did you experience that while with the carriage? Is that? Yeah, I played during the 2020 season and 2021 season. And which was just a lot of political things coming and going. Um, but, uh, but I really, I got to play in the 2019 season. That's when I played my two games as well. And the courage won. This, the championship that season. And I learned a lot of things during that season, a lot of great things. So, you know, um, I think you could, I mean, my parents taught me that, you know, you should take anything can teach you something. And as long as you have a, like, you know, a positive attitude about things, you don't have to during the time, like, but at least you got to learn something from it. And so I learned a lot of things some things about what I, what I wanted to take with me from the courage and some things that I grew as a person, maybe to have better boundaries, maybe to, 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not say say things in some moments. <laughs> yeah. I do want to touch on something, which is, you know, speaking of, you know, you're you're not a politician, right? Yeah, I'm not. But there there was one thing there there was one thing that went, you know, viral, super viral on social media, Twitter. It was, you know, the whole kneeling part where we're used to it up. And for you, you said, I'm not a politician. I, I love my country. How did that, you know, were you affected at all about people, you know, writing stuff on social media about that that situation? Uh, to be honest, I wasn't very affected by the things on social media. In fact, I didn't even, I don't even really know uh, if there's bad things. <laughs> I'm sure there's bad things. But I, I was bombarded with a ton of positive comments on like my own personal pages, which is, I don't know. I could thank God for that. I don't know for what reason. I didn't get a total mix, but I got a lot of positive things. Um, but really the, I think the biggest impact came in the locker room because, um, I was, I was a reserve. I wasn't a big voice on the team. And I did share that it, it was a, a big thing to me, both personally and, um, just through my own faith that I wanted to stand for the national anthem. And that was something I wasn't going to compromise. Um, um, so some of the girls in the locker room, it shook them a different way. And yeah, like I said, I've learned some things cause you know, you could regret some things, but that's not one of the things I regret at all. Um, so yeah. So you, did you just touching a little bit more? Did you feel like backlash from, you know, the players on your team after that incident or, was there anything, you know, before that? Yeah, I felt, um, I'll just compare like the 2019 season when we won the championship. It was a very unified team. Very different girls, international girls, um, girls that had partners, girls that had husbands, some that had kids. Um, some were really young, some were 30 some. Um, and we we're all very unified. They're like, I can't remember some times where we like butt heads, but in, the next season, 2020, with all these different things, there were, there, you know, there was just more whispers. There was more clicks. There was more, um, I even had some kind of heated conversations with some teammates. Like, um, cause you know, I would go up to somebody, I'd be like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Like, do you have something to say to me? Like, you know, I would, I don't know, go say hello to them and they wouldn't say hello back. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, that's a little thing, but you know, I would confront them and then we'd have a big old conversation about something. So I just felt like we weren't as unified. So yeah, it was a little rocky, <laughs> but that's crazy because even though you, people still have different opinions, you can still be a good person, you know, like you can still be, you know, still get along. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. I think it all, I think it all made us realize just different different things um because even with uh what happened you know in covid and stuff like i think it just really made everybody think can i have my own opinion and what is my own opinion going to cost me yeah maybe i'm not a politician i'm not anything but i think we've all had relationships and we're like what happened to that relationship it's gone now <laughs> well you said that you went to to Keflavik and it was a great you know city to kind of find your love for for football and soccer how was it because you went from one cold place to another 
from <laughs> from Keflavik to um to Pitya, which uh, I believe is totally different from Ohio. Where you're and from. I was in well, I was I'm from Ohio, but I was in North Carolina for seven years. I went to college there, and then I played pro there for three years. Yeah. So I think I soaked up enough sun that I was like, I'm willing to be in the cold. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, it is funny. And it, it is colder up here. I am closer to the Arctic Circle, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would- but I don't regret it. It's a good, it's a good place. Whereas uh, the people who are born in Sweden were like, give us some sun, please. Like just, I think people appreciate the sun here more than anywhere else. When the sun pops out, all the faces just go to the sun. <laughs> I I need to jump in here because I've actually lived in Piteå for three years when I studied, and uh, when I lived there, it was minus thirty five degrees Celsius during the winter for every day, January, February, and probably a couple of days in March as well. But it's a very nice city. It's actually one of the nicest places I've lived in in Sweden. Uh, the people are very, very friendly, and and they do they do like the sun sunlight uh, during the summer. Just you wait and see when the sun is out all the time. I you know, I think the sun is setting at like seven thirty now p.m. So. Sun's getting longer and longer. Um, no, yeah, I I agree. I got here middle of January, so it was still very dark, very dark. There was like two hours of sunlight, and uh, I had to t- I had to take vitamin D supplement because I would I would I was just cranky sometimes <laughs> because there was no sun, you know. And it's interesting, you know. Like I said, you learn things. So. <laughs> How, how have you experienced the pizza so far and what do you think about, you know, the city and the team and the league? And yeah, everything? I have to agree with Mia. I think the people are phenomenal. Um, it's almost like there's no strangers here. Um, I really mean that because it's, you know, whatever I need, if it's somewhere to go or, you know, I need a bike or something, people will almost bend over backwards to help you. You know, they'll take you somewhere in their own car and then stop for a coffee break and then talk about whatever you need and then hook you up and then they'll go and do the errand with you. Like it's, it's so, it's so amazing. And, um, I want to say that about everybody cause I have not met, you know, a bad person yet. And even the people that maybe speak broken English. Um, I mean, they're so nice. They're so great. Um, I've really enjoyed PTO. I think it's very different than the courage. I think it's very different than Keflavik. Um, but I, I really do like the level of play here. I, I really like being in the Dammelsvenskan. Um, I'm happy I could say the Dammelsvenskan now <laughs> before it was just a mumble. <laughs> um, I like that it's getting warmer too. I, I'm not going to lie. I like wearing less than four shirts. Um, yeah. Well, what do you think about, you know, your guys' chances this season? Because you've been, um, obviously, you guys have been able to snatch just some points from um, from the top uh, top contenders. Well, we play Linköping this weekend. So they really wanted to see how good we were going to be based on <laughs> our first few games. Um, 
we're preparing hard and the girls are very focused. Um, you know, I hope we can get a point on this game too. I'm expecting it, preparing for it, but you know, you never know. Um, I mean, I'm excited for the team. Um, they say, you know, in 2018, when the team won the championship here in the Dumbledore they weren't expected to win at all, but they ended up doing it. So, I mean, we just go game by game. And, you know, I've really, really enjoyed, you know, Stellan, my coach, and Rob, the assistant coach. Um, I just think they do a really good job. Um, last year in Keflavik, and, well, I've learned something from every one of my coaches. But um, Stellan and Rob do a very thorough job. So I'm just very excited. And I feel that I'm learning even more. I feel with, excuse me, I'm not very clear, but I feel with this team, I'm more connected as a goalkeeper, you know, part of the game plan, part of the, like, part of the whole system of things in practice. I'm even doing more of the field player work. You know, I'm also doing goalkeeper work, but I just, um, I feel more involved with it and it's, it's very nice and it's very, different i really like it so if you can predict at the end of the season maybe where would you hope that you guys land in the table i hope we do better than we did last year that would make me a lot lots happier man i i would i would love to do very good yeah gosh that's that's a tough question to pin me at (laughs) i don't know i want to i want to be great I don't, I like to set goals really high. Cause then if you miss them, then you just like barely miss them, you know? Yeah. Um, I intend every game to go in expecting to win based on preparation and, you know, with the girls, but so we'll see where that goes. Um, but it's, yeah, <laughs> I'm not here to just be average or just to settle or whatever. That's not part of what I'm trying to do here. So. How, how would you say this league kind of is different from, you know, the NWSL and Icelandic league? Yeah. Um, you know, I still watch the NWSL when I can, um, I like internationally that you don't have to pay for a subscription. You just go to the website <laughs> and watch it. Um, but I still watch NWSL and I watched some of their games recently. I actually watch every single, uh, I watch parts of every single one of their first games. Um, just to like, I watch a lot of football and soccer. Um, but I have, I have to remember, you know, when I was playing in the NWSL, I think they take very good care of their athletes. You know, you got a strength coach, you've got, you know, a physical therapist that's right there, every single need. So I, I think, you know, they really go hard charging and everything, whether it's moving the ball, passing, tackling, it's, it's very aggressive. I, I mean, I don't want to be negative or anything, but this is just like a point of view. Cause I feel, you know, teams in the U S you know, when I was with the courage, it was like, bang, get the ball in, bang out, like move it quick, driving the ball. It was, it was like, everything was full speed. And, um, I'll just go with the Demos fence game. Like when I'm learning with the girls and with the team and, um, you know, it's a lot about possession. And it's a lot about, I think the girls here, not to say anything about the NWSL, but I think individually the girls are a little bit, um, 
it's, it's harder to get the ball from them. You know, if you're in a small side of the game or if you're just playing, you know, a shift of your body weight or maybe you come charging at them, they're just going to pass it around you, you know? And I think they're very smart players here, both on my team. And um, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it because if you're just trying to, you know, go speeding at something or if you're not trying to solve the puzzle in front of you, then um, you're going to get beat. <laughs> so... I'm just learning a lot from just different types of players because there's no perfect way of playing. This is not saying that you need to not bang balls in and out, but you need to know why. And um, I, I just think it's so awesome because, um, you know, you, you have so many coaches <laughs> and none of them are wrong, but none of them are always 100% right. So, I mean, within the within whatever game plan you're playing. Um, and Keflavik, um, you know, I, I thought it was a challenge. Um, to be honest with you, our coach lost like over half the girls from the team before. And we had, um, we had certain pieces in the team. And so every game was a riddle to figure out how we were going to get points from the team, from the game. Whether it was like a long ball up from me or like a counterattack ball from me, or it was just like pack it in everybody's sitting on the box and Sam save it. <laughs> so, um, it was, it was very fun and I got a lot of work and, uh, I got a lot better. I had a really fantastic goalkeeper coach and it, it provided a great training camp for me, honestly. So yeah, very different. So awesome. Which, which type of league do you think suits, you know, your playing style the most? Great question. I'm definitely open to exploring more leagues, <laughs> but um, I really am enjoying the Damos Fenskin so far. Really. Yeah. I would say the Damos Fenskin so far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's exciting because, you know, people always talk about the NWSL being so, you know, it's such a tight league. Every, every team can win the, win the league. But when you look at Thomas Wenskamp through the years, you know, it's it's been a league that's, you know, it's getting closer and closer and closer. So the games are getting tighter, which is exciting. You have, you know, like the middle table teams, they can, they can beat the top team, like the top teams. And, you know, they have the, the bottom teams are kind of fighting each other and it's very tightly knit. And I think that's exciting. Like, I think you've come into, you know, the league at probably like a great time with like the competitiveness. So it's not like one team that's a hundred percent yeah, going to win it all because you don't know. Yeah. I mean, you say that and Rosengard won last year. Right. And, and I don't know if they're going to win it this year. So, so what, what would you say is like your big, you know, dream as a football player, big dream. It's always been to play for my national team, the U S I don't qualify for any of the national team. Um, but I've always wanted to be, you know, on the Olympic stage, World Cup stage, um, representing my country, family, God, you know, the whole lot that, um, that's awesome to me because, um, it's work ethic and dedication and love for the game. And, um, you know, and then as of recently, I've just, just thought like if anybody is going to be there and because I know, you know, I watched Hope Solo when I was growing up and um, even Brianna Scurry and 
you know, of course the other girls on the team, the other women on the team, but, um, you know, I was a goalkeeper. So, and I just modeled so much after Hope Solo. And, um, you know, I was just thinking like, if anybody's going to do that, um, like why not me, you know, why not me for, for that? And, um, yeah. And I, yeah, I like to be, when I'm playing, I, I don't think it's good enough. I hate when the announcers say that, you know, goalkeeper had no chance. Like that's not good enough for me. There's always a reason why everything happens and goes in or whatever. So you better believe I've, I've probably got an answer to some things, whether I just miss it or I make it and make an amazing save. I, I don't feel like I'm at my peak yet. So I'm excited to see what I keep doing development wise. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I do think that there are... You know, we speak a lot about, you know, uh, the advantage of playing home and away. But there's something in the, like, mentality and culture in PTO that... It's the same with Kristianstad, if I'm going to compare PTO to one. This is just... It may just be in my mind, but something... it, It makes... PTO and Kristianstad always makes it tough for for teams to come to visit. Uh, and very rarely it gets, I mean, a, a game in PTO ends up with a lot of goals to to any team. It's it's just like 1-1 one, one draw or 1-2-0 or, or something like that. So let's hope for a good game. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. Okay, I think it will be. <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. But let let's jump into to this part where we talk about goalkeeping because you are a goalkeeper. And why are you a goalkeeper? <laughs> uh well, first happened because I think we were all on a team and then you rotated positions, right? And they said, you know, who wants to be goalkeeper today or something like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, did, were you doing this when you grew up? Grew up, Yeah. So I was, I was yeah. just the best goalkeeper on my team. My dad was, I don't know if you know anything about American football, you know, throwing the football, you know what I'm saying? Like American football, pigskin. Yes. <laughs> Big sport in America. Um, he was a linebacker. So he was the guy on defense that would just, he was a velociraptor. He would scout you out and just demolish you. Right. You know, he was the guy that would, um, you know, he, the ultimate tackler, you know, if it was to be, it was up to him, right? This is his mentality. This is who my dad was. Okay. And, um, so he was a defense guy. He was a a be aggressive kind of guy. Okay. So when I was in the goal, he was like, you know, hyping me up, you know? So I was the best goalie. 
I would save the most. I was very brave. And I just kept going to goalkeeper trainings because whatever it takes to be the best for the team. <laughs> uh, it started like that. Um, and then when, you know, when I was 13, I was basically playing the whole game. And I told my coach, like, you know, this is cool, but like, I miss being on the field and scoring goals. So I was actually a goalkeeper and a forward from 13 until like six, 17, 16 or 17, like midway through high school. And I was on my high school team, like playing forward for the first half and playing goalkeeper for the second half because we had another good goalkeeper. Okay. You can imagine this, but, um, you could imagine that I was, I was just really good at headers. I was really, I was looking for a diving header. I was just trying to get into the mess. I could strike it hard, but technically I, you know, I wasn't keeping up. Um, but I was a way better goalkeeper. Um, and, um, just like I said, just brave, just willing to, to get into things. And, um, my parents taught me to be very dedicated and very good at whatever I was going to do. So, um, I've come to really, really enjoy it. And I wouldn't have any other place on the team unless of course it's like the 93rd minute and we need a goal and I have to go up for the corner. And yeah, I keep telling my coaches that I'm like, you know, I could still offer this, you know, this is part of, <laughs> I'm kidding. But if it happens, no, I'll be there. This is very interesting because I remember, I think it was the first full match I saw you play this season. It was in the semifinal against Hammarby in Svenska Kuppen. And then what you are saying to us right here on the podcast, it makes very, it makes sense from, from what, what I thought I saw back then, because the, the word instantly came to my mind was, wow, this goalkeeper is brave. Because of the fact that not a lot of goalkeepers all the time act so secure, uh, like during set pieces or or crosses coming in. And you were just like, okay, this is mine. I'm going to take it. Even more so, I was like, everybody move out. <laughs> I was like, step out, two steps. You were too close to me. <laughs> Something like that as well. But it's very refreshing to see uh, in the Swedish league as well uh, especially I do think from one of the teams that we might consider being a mid-table team because then we probably could realize that that a goalkeeper could really make a difference if you know what I mean yeah definitely so with that with that being said now with your own words, uh, what would you say characterizes you as a goalkeeper and what separates you from others? Uh, characterizes me. Um, brave, strong, 1v1s, crosses, commanding. Uh, yeah, I would say that. And what, yeah. Speaking about being brave then. And, and speaking about courage, how much of a role do you think that plays in a goalkeeper's life? Do you have to be brave? <laughs> do you mean in like daily life, like taking out the trash at like 11 p.m. and in the dark or what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, nothing like that. The, with that, 
then you just have to use your like your smartness with with those things. If is it okay for me to do this or or what? But but the thing is that sometimes when you watch goalkeepers, you can see that oh man, this is gonna hurt. Or when jumping, uh, grabbing the ball, and or like you said, that get out of my way. This is mine. And what do you want me to say about that? Yeah, do you, because this is the thing. When we had Sachira Musovic on, on this, she said that, okay, as a goalkeeper, you might actually be a little stupid to just go out and throw yourself into situations. <laughs> and, and sometimes it hurts. Uh, it's a calculated risk, right? <laughs> I think it, I, um, I love in training to just figure out what you can do. Um, cause then, you know, everything in the game is just, you know, you've seen it before and, you know, God willing, you know, you've got good training and then you have good ideas about maybe what could stop a ball. Um, in Keflavik last year, I, you know, my goalkeeper trainer was, he was awesome. I called him Yoda because he was just the master. He was an, you know, an older gentleman and he just, he had some kind, sometimes, very unorthodox ways of training, but he had an idea of like what needed to be trained. So I remember this one drill, he had this like beach ball that weighed nothing. Right. But he, he was like, you know, do footwork across the drill and then come in line with this ball. And he basically volleyed it at me and, you know, it didn't hurt when he hit you, but he was like, get your, like he was training like a handball reaction from me you know i don't know if this is making sense but basically i would react to this impossible save coming at me with this beach ball anyway it was all about getting your body in line with it okay but fantastic training for an unbelievable save and i did have an unbelievable save in season and it was against one of the best teams and we ended up like winning the game and honestly keeping us in the league um so i i just love when i love i love that because i i you know i i love being a goalkeeper because probably that i love the different ways that you can figure out how to train something to then do it in a game and have that reaction because all of your reactions are from some kind of preconditioned thing that you've trained yourself to do so so yeah um you know, I think I never get worried when I go for a cross or when I go for a 1v1. And for sure, I have my fair share of balls to the face. <laughs> Soccer balls to the face, that is. Um, but to be honest with you, like, it's it's never that bad. It really isn't. And to be honest with you, the way that I come into things with so much power and I'm not the one getting hurt. <laughs> it's usually somebody else. <laughs> so I'm not too worried. My parents are beyond not worried <laughs> at this point. Well, good to know. Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said yourself, you have been, you, you're, you have had different coaches up till now but what do you think how can a coach get the absolute best out of you as a player and your abilities uh have a relationship with them 
Secondly, work with them continually to know what they're good at, what they're not as good at. And then from that, double down on their strengths. What are they good at? What can they get even better at? And then for the weaknesses, just see how you could, you know, as a coach, like you probably have great, you probably have great ideas yourself. So for their weaknesses, depends, you know, what you have in the clip in your head, right? But make those weaknesses better. Um, And obviously, I think that's what happened last year for me because I was really good at certain things, but my coach last year, his name is Saivar, and um, he was really great at getting a player to, you know, save all balls in the air. He was fantastic at, you know, the footwork and teaching the player how to judge a ball over behind their head and to the side of them. And he was just incredible with the way that he would make you see things differently. So, yeah, I would say that. Do you, do you watch clips of yours, of yourself? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, to be honest with you, a good amount of times, especially. I'll look at the I'll look at the goals that went against me and see what I could have done and then I'll trash it. Then I'll leave it. Okay? But the good stuff I'll put together, you know, you make these highlight clips and stuff which is great for some reasons, but it's also great for, you know, reteaching yourself because you want to re you want to keep doing what you what you know that works and what you've done really great. So You know, I watch that stuff a good amount of times. Um, and especially when I feel like I'm maybe in a little slump or, you know, anything like that. I don't feel 100% or maybe it's before a game and I just want to revisualize. It helps to revisualize. But it, I also like, I really like Man City. I really like watching Man City. I like watching Ederson. Let's just say I watch goalkeepers. I, um, I love watching Allison with Liverpool. You know, you can name a bunch of great goalkeepers. Um, and I'll pull up their stuff on YouTube, whatever it is. And, you know, and I'll look at the footwork and I'll look at how they got somewhere and I'll look where they started. And yeah, it's, it's madness. <laughs> and video clips. I mean, that's obviously a big part of football analysis, but do you, And obviously also if you concede goals or keep a clean sheet when it comes to numbers and statistics, but are there any other numbers and statistics that you care about and that you want to look at after a game or before a game? Oh, no, not statistics. Um, no, not statistics. I I do want to do better. In terms of, so last year I like put together all the goals that I conceded, I conceded. <laughs> um, and just to see where the average of them came from, you know, what the cutback or a yeah, deflection, whatever it was. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, that's obviously an error in my game. Or maybe it was like the 46th minute, you know, in the first half, you know, and, and that's obviously an area. You know, what could I have done to maybe buy time a little bit? Just become a little bit smarter. So I pay attention to stuff like that. And 
since you, I mean, obviously many coaches and players that have been in Sweden for, for many years, they often says, says that teams here, we know each other very, very well. Like we know how you play, we know how you press. And, but what, what is it like for you when you go out to play a game now? Because you, every team you meet now in the league, you will meet them and play them for the first time. Uh, what information is important for you to have when you go out to play a game? Um, like I said, our coaches do a very thorough job. So we see video, they give us an analysis, attacking and defending. They, they are very thorough. So I understand the game plan. I understand where the areas of opportunity are for us, maybe how I could fit, you know, what I could do in the game plan. But um, I'm also curious to see like how the attacks will come, you know, get an idea of do they like playing balls across? Will it be a lot of crosses? Well, is it one forward? Is she very good? You know, sometimes, um, you know, there's a di- I think there's a difference between their, uh, a young, pro- a young professional, a young pro and an older pro. <laughs> they get smarter. They're looking for different things. They finish a little bit differently, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, I've become a little bit smarter myself. <laughs> I would like to think. <laughs> so about those things, yeah. What advice would you give young girls that dream about becoming a goalkeeper? Love that question. Um, to be honest, and this might help somebody, but I didn't always want to be a goalkeeper. And I it wasn't always fun, like getting better <laughs> and being in training, getting scored on and, you know, the grueling of training, you know, your body would be sore, or whatever. Um, but I didn't always want to be a goalkeeper. And I remember my mom was like, then you should just quit. And I was like, no, <laughs> I can't quit. Um, which is so interesting. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just wanted to complain, but maybe that's a to- uh, just something in and of itself right there. But, you know, a young girl just wanted to be a goalkeeper, or a pro goalkeeper or one for their national team. Um, there's so many things that come with it. Like all the relationships, travel, uh, all the things that you'll learn. You know, all the great things you'll learn on how to take care of your body and how to eat. And I met my husband along the way and I got an education along the way. I've got to see the world. Um, I've learned so many different things, you know, developing myself, becoming, you know, the woman I am and the woman I want to be. I mean, there's constantly different levels that you are crushing and learning and just your thinking and everything. Like every challenge is a different, every year that I'm playing, I'm crushing different boundaries, different paradigms in my head that I've had. Um, so I would say, just keep going. Like the, like the dream is real and just be willing to work for it and be willing to go for it and believe in yourself. And um, gosh, there's so many levels too. There's so many places that you could play. You know, you could play in Sweden, obviously, in the few leagues that we have here. But I mean, I have friends that 
you know, I played in college in the U.S. I played Division One. I. I played in a very great school, you know, somewhere that people would dream of playing for sure. But you can you can play at lower levels. I know girls that didn't quite play on our team and it just seemed like, are they even good players? But they like one of my friends is playing in Australia. There's just so I'm I'm the point I'm making is if you want to play and you love it, there is always a place where you can play. One of my friends went to went to you know England to play in an, another second division, got an education there. I mean, keep playing because it's it's so amazing. I do not regret my decision at all. I love my life. I love I just love it. I love the travel. I love the people. I'm so grateful for for everybody that I've met and played with and get to meet. I'm on this podcast with you ladies. Um but know that, you know, somebody has to play for those national teams. Somebody's got to be on the roster. And whether you're too short or too tall or not athletic enough or whatever people are telling you, <laughs> it's always wrong if you're willing to put in the work. I know I know plenty of short goalkeepers and they are way they have way better jumping ability than I do. They're way they're way more athletic. One of my friends, she was a, a smaller goalkeeper, very good goalkeeper, and she's on the the U.S. national team for the the beach, like the beach U.S. women's national team. Does this make sense? They play soccer on the beach, and they travel the world, and they play championships, and I'm pretty sure they go to the Olympics. I don't even know if you guys know about this, but I think that's a pretty cool thing. <laughs> um, there's just so many opportunities, and there's so many people waiting for you, and there's like the best version of yourself is, is, is waiting for you after all this work, you know? So I don't know. That's a really long answer, but I'm just thinking about a girl that has a dream and maybe people aren't believing in her. And there's plenty of people along the way that will believe in you. I've had, I've had a number of people that have believed in me and it's like for one, my dad, but there's been a number of people that have just continued on the fire of just being like, keep going. You're doing great. And it's awesome. It's great. I think that was a great answer, actually. And and now you are going to have to answer some more questions from our listeners because they have been active this time. Oh, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> Amanda, do you want to start? Uh, Linnea0619 wants to know, when you concede goals, what do you do not to lose confidence? Interesting. Okay. Uh, your mom will say this too, but they had to work through 10 other people before they got to you. And it's not all your fault. Um, the next thing I would say is, um, get over it. Okay. Have your moment. Go drink your water bottle. Be pissed for, I can't say that. Be sad for a moment. And, and then get over the moment because there's still time on the clock and your team needs you. And there's plenty of things that you can do, right? So get over it, honey. Move on. Um, cry about it later. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that's good. Bayan Mika wants to know, is there a difference in match preparation when you know there will be much pressure from top teams with much more anticipated shots Uh, than against teams 
that PTO will control more possession? You know, I do think so, just a little bit mentally. Um, last year, I really learned this because like I told you, we had pieces and I knew sometimes we would get smashed. I knew we, I would have at least 15 shots on me and it would just depend on, you know, what I did with those shots. Um, or if it was a horrible day, you know, raining or snowing or I don't know conditions. Right. Um, the preparation though. So when I'll just say, when we played Hammerby, the the game that you watched, Mia, I knew that this was going to be a pretty big game. I, you know, I didn't really know much yet. I didn't know, you know, we, we, we played Gordon. We played the teams that you saw in our bracket and we did fairly decent with all of them. We, you know, won them, tied one. We hadn't really, we hadn't faced Hammerby. Okay. <laughs> Hammerby's a good team. They are projected to maybe win the league. So they're very good. Had a great attack. And I was prepared for a lot of things happening. And so, to be honest with you, I've kind of learned how I, how I like to prepare. Um, in college, you know, when I was a reserve, I would, I would dance and I would get really hype and I would be with the songs and I would you know, be the fun one. And I would just go crazy. Cause that's honestly my personality. But, um, sometimes I would get a little tired from that, <laughs> especially if I was playing and, um, and, and it just got me way too high. And I'm a person that could, you know, get so high and intense, like I could crash. And so I figured that, you know, I'll listen to a song, like I'll be with the girls and I'll be smiling and, or maybe I'll sing like a song or two, you know, yeah, a verse or two, like I'll be with the team and I'll be with, I'll be in the group and stuff. But I've also learned, you know, it's good to do that because the other end of the spectrum, the headphones on, not talking to anybody. I felt like that's not good for me either. So I like to go somewhere in the middle and I'm just like, I'm happy, but I'm calm. It's like a calm storm, you know, it's like a soft rain. And honestly, it really depends on, it depends on where my head and my heartbeat is. Because if my, if if I'm like so nervous, I was a little anxious for that game. Like I didn't, I thought I was going to get like Keflavik again, maybe 15 shots, you know, I don't know. Right. So I didn't know what to expect, but I knew it was going to be a big game. And so I was kind of getting anxious before the game and I put on some worship music, you know, something like soothing, calm. And I started worshiping like, that's just me. Um, I put a lot of faith in God. And to be honest, like I train a lot and I, I, you know, I work out, I eat, like I'm, I'm pretty diligent, but I can't control everything either. So all I know that I can do is, all the things I control, I could sleep, eat, I could be with my teammates, do the game plan. But at the end of the day, I'm going to need God to come through. So, you know, that put me in a really good mood. I was worshiping for the game, you know, in my hotel room and singing a little bit. And I was just calm. And I just knew like, you know, that's what, that's what I do. I'm like, you know, God, this is going to be a big game today. I need you to come through with me for me. 
I was like, I can do a good amount, but I know that, you know, I pray for those big saves because you do need a little bit of luck, right? Like you make a big X with your arms and sometimes it'll hit them and sometimes it won't. But um, my preparation, yeah, I prepare for war for sure. When I'm in my warm up, I get my body really ready. I like to make sure everything is really ready, stretching it out. Um, but I, and then I, you know, I work on everything a little bit of dives, a little bit intense. I'm ready for the intense situation. I'm ready for the calm situation for a goal kick. So I'm ready for war for sure. So like when the game started, you know, I had a one V one in that save and there was no hesitation in it. And I, I bait, I really wiped her out. Thank goodness I got the ball before I wiped her out. But Mia could probably vouch for that. But I was, nobody was coming in there, you know? And, um, but, um, but for teams that, you know, maybe PTO should win, to be honest, yeah, I got humbled last year because there were some games that we should have won. And there was just one moment of off right? Like the end of the first half or gave up the goal in the last minute of the game. And so I've really learned, you know, prepare the same way, like be calm in my approach, like listen to the songs of the girls, like be smiling, check up on people on the game day, you know, um, be in my smooth mood, like how I like to be not too high, not too low, have a great warm up, But then like, Moments in the game, like the 44th minute or the 85th minute, or maybe it's even after we scored, like I prepare for war because I'm like, anything could happen right now. People could be turned off. Like I look for the opportunity then. So I guess I'm giving away my secrets, but I just, um, I try to stay alert. I try to stay on in these little moments because it's almost like you're playing your own game as a goalkeeper because, you know, they don't need you until they need you. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to be ready. <laughs> OC Henry nine wants to know which team do you support? And what does that mean? In which league? Just what, like, what's your favorite team? I would say. <laughs> <P-T-O>. <laughs> <laughs> and he also said Man City. So Man City. Man City. And the last question, I think this is from an Icelandic listener. Uh, Asgeir, okay. uh, what do you think, coming from your season in the Icelandic league, would you recommend it to other American players as a stepping stone to bigger European leagues? Absolutely. Absolutely. I honestly, you know, I, I was I was very sad to leave. I loved Catholic. I loved the Icelandic league. I loved traveling. It's an incredible country. The The club um, took care of me very well. Very well. Um, everything. Food, car, everything. Like, like recovery facilities, everything. I loved being in Iceland. And when I left the team, they even had a new coach come on. And I was talking to their new coach. We were you know, friends. And I was recommending players from my college that, you know, my college coach was like, Hey, they want to play, which one of them I believe is playing for Hakan right um, this year. 
what is her name? But uh, she's English. She's young. Um, but yeah, I was. Her I, Grant. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was. She's a Tar Heel. Mm-hmm. So you know, some girls were looking to play, and I was like, absolutely, she come here, and you should come to Kefalvik. Um, my friend, um, the one that I was talking about, that's um, on the U.S. beach volleyball team. She is playing for, excuse me, Akieri. It's the team that's way up north um, this season. I'm so happy she's playing in the icing season. She's probably going to be one to watch. She's a good goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I recommended a number of people um, to go to the Icelandic League. And yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it was fantastic. With that being said, we're going to move on to the last part, which is the this or that five questions, which means I'm going to give you two options. Um, you get to choose one or the other and no explanation and no thinking. So it has to be quick, quick, quick. Uh, PTO or Reykjavik? Uh, PTO. On a day off, watching football on TV or in Netflix and chill? Uh, football on TV. Champions League title or league title? League title right now. Making a save 1v1 with an attacker or a free kick from outside the box? Am I shooting it? I, I think you're saving it. <laughs> uh, probably a 1v1 save. <laughs> Playing out from the back or kick it long? Uh, kick it long, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. That's that's that wraps it up. And thank you so much for <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We appreciate it. I kind of feel bad about that last answer, but I think it's more exciting to head it along. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate it. <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.